Training, just about any kind, will do that. But over a period of time, as it sets in and gets to be old hat, we revert back to form. Unless we as individuals grow and change. Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and I'm here to inspire your true performance. From the framework established by Zig Ziegler, one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever known, who believed we could all be more, do more, and have more. How? Improve ourselves, beginning with how we think about ourselves. So today, let's break down some personal development. Hey, friends, we have lots and lots of knowledge. All of us do. As a Ziegler Show listener, chances are almost every day you take in new knowledge in the form of a book or a podcast or a video. New knowledge, of course, inspires us, which is incredibly valuable. But at the same time, we also got to take action at some point in our lives if we want to make any possible progress, any positive progress. So in this show, we hear a message from Zig Ziglar on gaining knowledge, training accordingly, experiencing growth and realizing change from his message. I ask this question to our audience. What is a recent experience you have had with taking knowledge and making actual change as a result? Great comments that Tom Ziegler and I talked through, and I believe you'll relate to a lot of them on many levels. So we'll start off with our message from Zig right after I share some great resources. Okay, folks, here then is a short message, less than a minute, from Zig. Then we'll get into the Q&As. Remember the Hawthorne study? They turned the lights brighter in this factory and productivity went up. And then they turned them down and productivity went up temporarily. Training, just about any kind, will do that. But over a period of time, as it sets in and gets to be old hat... We revert back to form unless we as individuals grow and change. And that's where we like to believe we are different. We deal with the fact that you got to be before you can do and you got to do before you can have. So as we look at this, then we're going to look at the growth factor that will make a difference. All right, folks, again, from Zig's message there, I posted this question on Facebook. What is a recent experience you have had with taking knowledge and making actual change as a result? Uh, remember, you can join us in these weekly Q&A shows by following me on Facebook at Agent K Miller. I'd be honored to get your comments to include in these weekly shows. Okay, here then, Tom Ziegler and I read through your comments. Okay, Tom, well, you, if anybody knows what uh, the difference between knowledge and action, it would be you at the top of the list there. And you're going to appreciate this because I know your buddies with my dad, Dan Miller, you get and read his uh, 48days.com newsletter. He's been putting that thing out for, I think 15 years plus and has a zillion people on there. And wow. I got it. Yeah. I got it today right before this show. And this is his lead off statement or a couple statements here. He says, I love the easy access to great books, tapes, CDs, seminars, and workshops information to change your level of success is readily available. So why do so many people still struggle and continue to do what has not been successful for them. 
Part of the issue is clarified by a term I recent, I heard recently called shelf help. This describes the fact that most people who buy books and audio programs never actually use them. A famous motivator and coach said his research showed that over half the people who buy his audio programs never even open the box and over 93% never finish the entire set. So they bought a program that has helped thousands of people, but never found the time to listen to the information themselves. Now that's why self-help doesn't work. Having access to information will not change your life for the better. It's in reading, thinking, and doing that you can make the quantum leaps toward peace, fulfillment, purpose, embracing of your passions and extraordinary prosperity. I mean, that's perfect for this show. Perfect for the message that we just heard from your dad, Zig, but I am sure you have a lot of people who God bless them, consume a lot of Ziegler products, uh, and it's inspiring, but they don't take action on them. Yes. Oh my goodness. Wow, that is that's a huge one. You know, Dad had this famous quote about the qualities that we all have within us. Mm-hmm. He said this. He said, "You've got to recognize, claim, develop, and then use the qualities you have within you." Mm-hmm. And as a sequence, there first we got to identify and recognize. Then we got to own it, right? We got to say that's mine. Then we got to develop it, and then we got to use it. Nothing happens until we use it. And so when you talk about knowledge, uh, boy, you know, what, what do they say? The difference between knowledge and wisdom? Uh, wisdom is the application, the proper application, yeah. with the moral foundation to support it of knowledge. Yeah. So, gosh, you know, knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is something completely else, something else. And yeah. wisdom comes in using what you've learned. This is a big challenge. And. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is. It's maybe the fear of change is so is greater than the need to change. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, on this, so I'm not pointing fingers. I am the chiefest of centers. I am consistently amazed at my ability to know great truths, to know great insight, and then not to do it. And sometimes it's as simple as forgetting. It's reading that book. It's hearing that message, having an epiphany, a revelation. Oh my goodness. I write it down in my journal. I'm on fire about it. And then, you know, family happens and the next day happens. And I, I wake up four days later and then see it back in my journal. And go, Oh my goodness. I, I, you know, I, I did nothing. I changed nothing. I I've actually been prone to taking a Sharpie and I'll write something on my hand, you know, in the morning during my epiphany time, my, my Bob Bodine's, uh, two chairs time and uh, just to keep me from forgetting, but also yeah, taking action just takes the work. I've even had my kids confront me on that. I I'm the cheapest, chiefest of hypocrites sometimes as well when I fall back into old ways. So, so we're all there. What do we do? And that's what the show's about. All right. Hey, I'll, I'll just dive in, uh, Tom and read it. First one here is Justin Saunders. He says, interesting verbiage, taking knowledge, uh, and doing something with it. He says, I read the book. It's your ship, uh, and applied each chapter's lesson. As I was reading, I ended with my team winning an award for outstanding to the outstanding team during, uh, an inspection. They bought, uh, they bought into the ideas I was teaching as I was learning them. Well, Tom, you know that one, you know, one of the best ways to learn something is teach it. So there's a great uh, example of that from Justin, but also the fact that he read it chapter by chapter and studied it. That That's really what I try to do, Tom. I get excited, especially about a book uh, and the message. Man, I just want to keep reading instead of stopping and stop. No, what did I just learn? 
Can I take action on it? And I so much, I want to be entertained. I want to read ahead. Yeah. And you know, this just reminds me of something about my father and really, you know, we did this research and we said, why do so many people who go to a Zig Ziglar event, why do they take it home, use it, and then write us later and say their life has changed? When I've been and you've been and everybody I know have been to different events and the presenter was fantastic, we may have even taken material home, yet we mm-hmm. never used it. Mm-hmm. And one of the scarlet threads, and so this is something key. So if, if you're trying to influence somebody to take action for their own benefit, and you want to raise the odds that that'll happen. There's this concept called identity. And so when we con- when we connect with the group as an expert, hey, I've, I've got the Ph.D., and you elevate yourself above the group, it's very hard for them to identify with you. Hmm. And although you may have the respect, you're probably not going to get the follow through of implementation. On the other side of the coin, if you tell a story about how you were frustrated and you made bad decisions and you were banging your head against the wall, everybody's been there. So everybody in the room starts to identify. And then when they then when you share with them the solution, hey, this is what I learned and it might help you, too, because they identify with you, then they're more likely to put in action. So your dad's comment about shelf help. A lot of times uh, we buy something because we know we need it, but we never really identified with that person in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's the let's just talk about your dad for a second. Why, why do so many people identify with him? What's his backstory? It's a lot of failures, uh, <laughs> business failures and, and yeah, being in the hole, no different than his buddy, Dave Ramsey, you know, they both about went almost, uh, ended everything together and then built it back up. But they, yeah, it's great credibility. They've been there. They've been in the ditch. Right. And so maybe when we're looking at investing in something that we're going to go and apply to our life, uh, I think, it's sub- subconscious. And the subconscious thing is, well, did it work for them? And will it work for me? I think we need to make that a conscious decision. Yeah. Right. Hey, does this person, did they represent a before and after? And if we can buy into that, then the likelihood of us actually taking action on the knowledge goes way up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, here's, one, and I, I was sitting here trying to find the show that we did with Joshua Spodek uh, because he speaks to this, what Chris Colt says. He says, I decided to do a new hack this year and research the benefits of cold showers. I did them often after bike races, but realized the numerous other benefits of them since doing research. So I took the knowledge and began the year doing them. Uh, interesting experience for sure. I have to say the impact turned into realizing that you face a fear first thing and boom, never think about anything being challenging after that. For me going forward, always looking at different biohacks that keep the body optimized. Uh, turns out that this was uh, this was a really big one. Uh, so Joshua Spodek, and, and I, I'm, I was looking, trying to find the show that we did, but Joshua Spodek, he is a guy that we interviewed and we talked about SIDCHA, self-imposed daily challenging, uh, ha- what was it? Challenging, uh, healthy activities. That's what it was. All right. He told a story about a guy who hired a coach like you, Tom. 
So he hired a coach and he said, man, I've always wanted to do a business. I've just never been able to get it back together anyway. So they did the interview, did the talk and the coach said, all right, I want you to go home and take a cold shower tomorrow morning. Guy's like, come on, seriously, just do it. You're, you're paying me. Listen, do what I say. He says, okay. So he goes home next morning. He gets up to take that cold shower. And right away, as he starts to head towards that shower, the excuses coming up of why I could do it tomorrow. I'll do it later on. I, I, you know, it's already cold now. It's not a good time to do it. Yada, yada. And he realized, boom, that is why he has not gone after this business that he's wanted to for so many years. Cause there's always an excuse. And so the story is he actually did it. And part of the process <clears throat> is it helped him just like what Chris said here, facing that fear first thing, then other things weren't challenging after that. And that was Joshua's story was if we do the things that we don't have to do, what that does for our strength of mind is more powerful than even the end result of that specific thing. I don't know what you get out of taking a cold shower, uh, any more than a hot shower. What's the result? The result is what it does for your mind. So I love Chris's testimony, uh, to that. And again, Joshua, if you want to look at it, folks, Joshua Spodek, S P O D E K. And if you'll type in Sidcha, S I D C H A, you'll find it. Love it. Tom, you gonna take a cold shower in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. I think Brian Tracy called it eat that frog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful thing. Uh, yeah. People who have a phobia and then they overcome the phobia through desensitization. You know, if you're, if you're scared of spiders, yeah. they eventually have tarantulas walking all over you. Yeah. Those people go on to accomplish the greatest things in life because in their mind, they've like, I've conquered my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Another principle for this. So yeah. we, we look at a fact, uh, you know, dad, dad said this, he said, you know, Logic will not change an emotion, but action will. Goodness. So, yeah. Whenever there's something that we just don't like, we can put all the logic around that we won't want, but we're still going to feel bad. But when we take action on it, it's, it changes our emotion. Well, so and that's where action comes in. And my favorite method of taking action comes to your infamous quote about habits. Quickest way to success, fast way to success, change a bad habit with a healthy habit. Those, I think, are the primary habitual actions that we do is daily habits. Um, well, here, you'll appreciate this, Tom. Chris McNally says, I have read Think and Grow Rich several, several times, but the concept of a mastermind was hard to envision. Now that many successful people are setting them up and leading them, it's easier to get involved. It's the next step in my growth path. Uh, it, my dad, Dan Miller, 48 Days that we talked about at the beginning of the show, Uh, does a lot of speaking at events on masterminds specifically because he's had such great success and he's helped other people set those up. And, you know, whether you call it a mastermind or, you know, your, your dad, Zig is famous for his mastermind of, uh, I mean, it's, it's plastered on the wall there, uh, in your office, all the people that influenced his life. And we hear that so often, whether it's a an official mastermind or a group of people that get together consistently or a couple mentors. And I know that's been dramatic in your own life, Tom. Yeah. You know, we, when our, um, with Howard Partridge in our inner circle, we, we've got several groups that we work with. Uh, and you know what, it's, it's so amazing. I'll just give you an example. The investment ranges could be from a little bit to a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, is that, when you talk to the people who really invest in these, 
I'll say, well, what are you getting out of it? And they're like, oh, I had one idea, pay for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, what do you mean? So here was something that happened. This guy in a mastermind, he, he's one of our guys. Uh, he, he made this statement. He said he has a lot of employees. And he said, we started doing something different in our company where if you refer somebody to come work at our company and you're an employee, we'll pay you a bonus of 30 days, 90 days, six months, a year, and then every year annually. Wow. Right. That they're there. Wow. And everybody's looking at him like, what do you mean? You're that's crazy. And these aren't little bonuses. These are two fifty, five hundred thousand dollar bonuses. And here's what he said. He said, you know what? We want our people to bring people just like them to come work here. Now, that tells you something about the culture of the company. And he said, but here's the way people are. When they come in and it's not quite the fit or something's not right or they felt like the expectation wasn't there. They don't go to the big boss and say, hey, fix this. They usually quit before the big boss knows about it. And so now because everybody's vested, they'll go to their friend and they'll say, hey, you know what? I've been here three months. I didn't quite what I expected. Well, that person who referred them in is like, hey, let's go get this figured out. This is family. This is home. I'm sure we can. And so as a result, their, their turnover, their turnover, their happiness rate, I mean, all the things that you want in a company are going through the roof. Somebody else heard that and they're like, that's it. That's the missing thing. How much does turnover cost organizations every year? It's, it's a ton. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And so that's how our mastermind helps. And so that's when we talk about the application of knowledge, when you're in a mastermind and you feel good about your peers, right? People who are out making it happen. And then they talk about the application of the knowledge that they put in place and the end result, it makes it that much easier for you to go and use that idea in your own business. That's really how masterminds explode people, right? Explode mm-hmm. ideas to the next level because you've got peer group, peer contributors who are all making it happen in a group. Well, and as you refer to in that story too, it's built in accountability. That's what they had in that employment uh, section that was in- yeah. incredible. Uh, you know, and the other thing on the mastermind, you mentioned, you started off talking about it, uh, about the investment that they usually, you know, have some fee and I've, I've known them at all different ranges as well. My personal experience for myself and others is it's almost worth finding one that's more expensive just because it's more expensive. Cause the more you invest in it, the more you'll pay attention, which is the same as, you know, for a coaching, for an event, the event that I go and it costs me many thousands of dollars to, man, I am on point paying attention, trying to get everything out of it. The one that's free, it's easy to skip the session, go to lunch, hang out on the beach, whatever. I mean, we, the investment is we need it for ourselves uh, as much as anything. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, hey, Jody, this is interesting. Jody Tootin, she says, I got weak and tired and passed out last year, causing me to discover I had adrenal fatigue. I found some articles on the causes of it, as well as uh, some thyroid problem issues. They basically told me that my sugar addiction of 40 years is what brought me to this place. Though I have known sugar isn't the best thing for me. I always figured if I ate well, otherwise, and exercise, saw my chiropractor regularly, I would be fine to eat as much as I wanted. Well, I began some new supplements, and after a few months, I have significantly reduced my 
sugar cravings and my adrenals are healing wonderfully along with hormones in my immune system as a result. So thankful for the knowledge and the supplements that are helping me make a big change in my health. I also just finished reading some of Ted Decker's new books that have me really pondering how God's love holds no records of wrongs. And boy, am I excited to see where this knowledge takes me as well. Um, that right there, I just appreciated that because making a dietary change for something that we love to eat has got to be one of the top all time hardest things of our, I would much rather take a cold shower, Tom. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know, when you, one of the uh, diets that's out there that's fairly popular is that whole 30 diet. I've, I've never done it, but everybody says the same thing. It's basically, you just eat whole food, no sugar. And everybody says the same thing. Oh, it's terrible for about a week. And then it's like, I'm a whole different person. Yeah. Right. And that's the difference between knowing something's good from a knowledge perspective and experiencing it from an action perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What, one of the things that we're doing, of course, you know, my uh, place in the health and wellness world, and we're putting a lot of focus on fasting uh, right now and seeing just dramatic effects. Uh, I could tell a lot of stories for myself, for other people on fasting. And yet, I've never met anybody who is excited about fasting. Uh, hey, hey I, I'll, I'll share something with you. Four sure. days this week, I've gone dinner to dinner between meals. Excellent. Yeah, not today, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and you know what? It's you know what's weird huh. is your clarity goes up. I know, I know. The longer you don't eat, it's the weirdest thing. Your clarity goes up, and I get more clear about how to be brilliant at everything, and also how clear uh, I, that I'm really would like to eat. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is, it's amazing. I, I just watch my, uh, appetite and my psych psyche on that. And it's uh, unreal, even though, yeah, my body feels better. Have you done it many days in a row? Uh, you know what? In the past three months or every month for the past three months, I've done a 72 hour. Um, oh, 72 hour that I mean, I'm not doing that. I'm just doing <clears throat> Dinner to dinner every day. Yeah, well, I've done a bunch of that, but doing doing. Uh, well, you know, you know, my buddy Randy. Uh, we've yeah. done it together, and it is uh, body feels great, and but my mind the whole time is just really looking forward to when I can eat. <laughs> Are you drinking just water then? Nothing else. Uh, water, tea, uh, decaf coffee, and seltzer water, like flavored seltzer water. Yeah. Okay. I have it, you know, to each his own. I, I do that. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to just go water only so far. We'll see. Uh, well here is, uh, Oh, you'll appreciate this. Larry North, your buddy, Larry, uh, who folks, we interviewed Larry in show five eighty three. He says, I have knowledge. He says, I have the knowledge now that if I act impatiently while my wife is getting ready for us to meet friends for dinner, it will only delay us more. So now I just sit quietly until she's ready. <laughs> How do you feel? So I, I sent him a song by Andy Grammer uh, as an artist that I like. I actually saw him in concert not long ago or a couple, it was a couple years ago, maybe. Uh, and he has a song called forever. So folks, if there's anybody out there, any guys that get irritated with waiting on their wives to go somewhere, especially out for a nice night or date night or something like that. Andy Grammer has a song called forever. I'll just give you that. Go listen to it. It'll give you a lot more grace. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, with complete transparency, yep. uh, you should probably send that song to my wife because I'm the one that makes her. Wait. Really? Yes. That's funny. 
Okay, I'll send it to her. It's a good one. Everybody will like it. All right, well, here's another one. Terry Johnson says, over the Christmas break and having time to actually think away from my business, I listed out 60 life rules and basically wrote a contract to myself to hold myself accountable to these rules and shared them with my staff and family. If I live by these rules, everything else will flow and line up with the way I want to live the person and the, and the person I aspire to be. They're congruent with my goals and my values and will be a guide when things go wrong. These rules will also dictate my responses to events and challenges that pop up. I figured it's best to have a written guide based around all I've learned from the greats like Zig and commit them to memory and actually live them. My head uh, was full of learnings. Now they have been turned into a guide in a life Bible. How's that, Tom? Ooh, I love it. That's just, that's, if, if nothing else is Ziegler-esque, that is right there, putting it in paper. I mean, this goes back to the, you know, the goals planner that you guys created however long ago. And today it's still a written thing to put down on your lap, pen and paper, and take that active action, that kinetic action on it, because you know the power of it. I had a, I had a uh, Zoom call just a little bit ago with Adil from Oman, and he wrote down 150 goals Goodness. that he's going to accomplish in 2019. And uh, he held his planner up. And I said, hey, when you write one of those goals out in Arabic, send it to me. And the reason this is cool is because we all think in our own language. We all think in our own culture. But these things, it doesn't matter your background or where you're from. When you start to do the things based on truth, the things that work, <laughs> taking a concept, thinking about it, making it a belief, writing it down, taking action on it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter where you come from or what part of the world you grew up in. So I can't wait. He's going to send me a picture of his planner filled out in Arabic. And I'll tell you, I'm pumped about that. That is great. I want to see a picture of that one. Okay. Well, speaking of Ziegler-esque, uh, Steve Galagos, he says, uh, uh, one area of knowledge I have been consuming is in the area of sales. I've always considered sales as an activity for salespeople and not something that I needed to do as a coach and consultant for executives and entrepreneurs. I thought I could just rely on referrals and networking. However, I was point, it was pointed out to me that one reason for my lack of steady business was my lack of a sales plan. I thought, okay, that's possibly true, but let me just continue what I've always done. It was not until I woke up one day to find my coaching and training calendar was blank that I became uncomfortable. And I mean, really uncomfortable. So I made the decision to learn about sales and become an expert in it so much so that I was able to overcome the stigma I had about selling and learning that sales is not something you do to someone rather it's an activity that you do for someone uh, to your point the one thing I know to be true is that our level of action to make necessary change is equal to the level of discomfort we feel about the area that needs to change in other words we will not change until we are sick and tired of being sick and tired am I wrong is Steve possibly a ZLC Graduate, I know him through Ziegler. Yeah, no, he's he's not been through yet. Not been I, through. I, I think he's perfect. Well, I know him through Ziegler. He's I know he's connected and been to events right. and done things there and is doing really well. So it's great to hear a testimony like that, real world, because my gosh, that's the essence of sales that we talk about. And of course, goes to Zig's uh, statement of everybody is in sales. You know, this is this is interesting, and, and Steve, you might like this uh, since you do coaching. But I was talking with a lady who does a lot of coaching, and she says, you know, when I coach people, I have a, a four-word sales process. 
And I said, really, what is it? And so this has just struck me. She said, here are the four words, pain, vision, gap, and investment. Okay. Pain, vision, gap, and investment. And she said, pain is, okay, what's frustrating you? What's bothering you? What's keeping you from achieving what you want to achieve? What is it about your life that you're unhappy with? Well, this is what all coaches deal with, right? We try to try to pull out, okay, what is it that makes you want to move? The second one is the vision. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? What are the things that you want to accomplish? What's your purpose, your why? And so now there's a big gap, which is the third, between the pain and the vision. And so as a coach, as a salesperson, that's what we do. When we're working with our kids and they're unhappy, well, why are you unhappy? They tell you their pain. Well, where do you want to be? Now we've got to manage the gap. Coaches are the guide on the journey, right? We help, but we can all coach ourselves, right? And then the last one is great, investment. There's always an investment. What is the investment in? It's, it's in time, it's in resources, and it's in money. And so this is the action part of it. And so it's kind of awesome. And so sometimes in sales, this is I, one of my friends told me this. He said, you know, these two guys are sitting out on the front porch and there was a dog on the front porch in his old country house and the dog sitting there. And about every you know minute or two, the dog would whimper. And the, the guy said, what's wrong with your dog? And he said, oh, he's, he, he always lays there and there's a little nail that sticks up. And every now and then, you know, the nail just kind of bites into him and he whimpers. And the guy looked at him and the other guy said, yeah, well, I guess when it hurts enough, he'll move. Uh-huh. Okay. Aren't we all like that? Yeah. And so a salesperson or a coach, sometimes we have to go over and we have to put a little weight on that dog's hip. Mm. Gosh, right? that's good. That's a good analogy. Right. We got to point out the pain and we're doing that not because we want to cause them pain, but because we see the potential that that person can have. We see the destiny that's theirs if they just step into it, if they just take action. And as a coach, we understand the gap. We understand the steps that somebody needs to take so that they can leave the pain and become the person that God created them to become. Hmm. But that's, that's always an investment, right? Yeah. That investment always involves action. I like that analogy of the uh... – the dog on the nail. And sometimes we need some, I need that for myself. Sometimes I need to. Yeah. And I just changed in my seat because there are several nails (laughs) metaphorically that I'm sitting on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think we all have that. Uh, That's great. Jamie McClellan, uh, he says, it's building relationships is the knowledge he needed to take action on. He says, I started a new job about two years ago. It was one of those situations where I felt I was not qualified and they could have chosen many other candidates. I've made it a point to use what I've learned from guys like Zig Ziglar, Jeffrey Gittimer, Les Brown, John Maxwell, Tom Ziglar, and Kevin Miller. Uh, Since building those relationships, whenever I am faced with a situation that I'm unfamiliar with or uncertain that I can figure out, I now have so many people I can call on to come in and assist me to do, to assist me. And they're happy to do so. I know this would not be possible without the knowledge I've gained from you guys. I mentioned above Uh, relationship building is an art and I'm excited to learn more from the best. Thank you. Well, goodness, Jamie, thanks for the testimony. And I, Tom, I, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's par for the course. 
you know, when we look at the people we interview on the show, I don't know. I, I never find anybody that says that I feel isolated. I mean, they all have such a network. It's just, uh, by proxy of being at a high level of success, there's no way you can do it healthfully and with true success alone. And we always see folks who have a bedrock of relationships that they have relied on and still do. And when they don't, we generally see problems start to happen. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the books that really meant a lot to me was Rabbi Lappin's business secrets of the Bible. Mm. And in the first couple of chapters, he basically says, God designed us for relationships. Everything in creation just begs relationships. And so, yeah, I would think, well, here's the thing. I've I've got a friend, uh, boy, does he charge a lot of money for coaching, but he doesn't call it coaching. He, he, he calls it, uh, he's a, he gets performance. He's a performance results consultant. And I was like, really, you charge all that? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, what do you do? And he says the same thing you do. Mm. And I go, well, how do you do it? And he said, well, it's real simple. I say, uh, I asked him, what's holding you back? Okay, there's the pain. Where do you want to be? Right? And then he says the, the, the answer is always the same. The relationships aren't right. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and, you know, I, I got to point out, Tom, you'll appreciate this, of course, is uh, the book by uh, our buddy Howard Partridge, The Power of Community. Uh, and he puts really, he really, to me, what I got out of that was pointing out the deficit that we have as people and as a culture of not having, or of having, I should say less and less strong relationships, um, and, and what we're missing out on and what we will gain by having those. It spoke to me and it's not that I didn't have relationships, but it really motivated me to strengthen them and to make the effort or I should say the investment to be more consistent and taking action, being proactive on building those relationships. Absolutely. All right. I got one more here. Barb uh, Goni. Uh, she said, I've recently learned about a concept called Parkinson's law, which says that the time we allocate to a task determines how long it will take. For example, if we have to write a report and we tell ourselves that we can do it by Friday and today it's Monday, it'll then take us the whole week to complete the report. Whereas if we have a busy schedule and we give ourselves until Tuesday afternoon to do it, it can also get done by Tuesday. This is a massive discovery for me who as a teacher spends hours and hours planning, teaching materials that I now know I can plan much quicker by just giving myself a specific amount of time for doing it. And I enjoy a little extra time at home with my baby or listening to an interesting podcast like this one. Well, I love that because I'm a fan of deadlines, even if I have to manufacture them myself, of course. But the thing that I first thought of is, uh, and folks who've been listening to the show a long time, I'm sure you've heard this in multiple Ziegler clips where he talks about the, uh, what is it? The last day before vacation. Day before day vacation. There you go. Yeah. Well, there. Powerful, powerful concept of just, gosh, if somebody said, hey, tomorrow you've got an all expense paid trip to Bermuda, private chef, private plane, yacht. Uh, We leave tomorrow at noon. We'll be gone for five days. (laughs) How much could you get done to go on that trip? Yeah. Done two or three days worth of work, which we dwell on the time you left. That's the concept. Another thing that was interesting, dad was friends with uh, the legendary Dallas Cowboy quarterback, Mr. America, Roger Staubach. Mm. And Roger said this. He said that when he was at the Naval Academy, 
during football season. So he's going through school, which is grueling. He's going through all the, you know, the, the military kind of training that they do in these institutions, and he's playing football. He said his grades were always highest during football season. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was is because he had no time other than focus time. And so his grades went up because he didn't have a choice. He had X amount of time to get a study in, and therefore he did it, and he did well. When he had more free time, because he had more free time, his intensity was off and his grades didn't do as well. So I think that's the secret there. Yeah, I just saw that example with a daughter who graduated high school. And, man, she was a go-getter. She's going to school. She's doing extracurricular stuff, choir. She's running track, uh, working out, all these things. And then the summer hit. And, you know, a month went by. And she says, oh, my gosh, now I don't do anything. I, I can't get myself to work out. I'm, I'm better off in that in that structure. Um, yeah, so I, I'm totally guilty of that. Whatever the deadline is, whether it's a day out or a week out, I'll get it done right before then. So I got to manufacture those deadlines ahead of time, uh, which you've just been dealing with Tom and uh, a little book writing. I'm sure. Thanks for the accountability of the uh, publisher editor and all those folks. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. So let me just say that this will be the first time we've actually mentioned this on the podcast. Actually, this has not gone out on social media or our newsletter or anywhere. So you guys are the very first to hear our uh, choose to win book is now available for pre-sale. And I'd love it if you would go to choose to win Check it out. There's some pretty cool bonuses there. And I'd especially love any feedback on it. Hey, I wish this was there. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, and if you want to make my day, go ahead and get the book. But there's some pretty cool things there. But I am excited because this book has been a series of deadlines, and they're almost behind me. Yeah, beautiful. Now the work starts. Yeah, yeah, and the fruition, and the fruition for sure. Well, uh, well, this uh, I love this topic today, Tom. I feel motivated to get up in the morning during my uh, during my my special time. And think of, I was just thinking about it while we were doing the show, think of what is an area of knowledge that I want to take, haven't taken action on that I need to or want to most. Um, so there's my task for the morning. There you can you fo- you can follow up for me for accountability, okay? My mastermind. You got it. All right, folks, thanks as always for posting and sharing these uh, testimonies and making such a rich show. Well, friends, I'm sure that most of you, all of you probably, are aware of knowledge that you have had that you then did take action on and you've achieved something as a result, something good, a success. But probably you, like me, are aware of knowledge that you have, that you maybe have had for a long time that you have not yet taken action on and you want the results. So I hope this was inspiring, motivating, equipping, empowering to go forward and do that, to sit down tomorrow or in a moment or whenever and say, okay, what is something that I know what to do? I know what, how to go forward. I know what path to take and make a plan, put it in a calendar and then go take action on it. If you got value from the show, it's a gift to us to leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and know what they can get from the show as well. Coming up next in show 647, we get what I'm tempted to label is a root issue of our personal performance, but it just doesn't feel like that does it justice. I mean, it's really, we're talking about our, the core of our very selves, 
our joy, our peace, our very lives overall. So Rick Hansen is a psychologist whose focus is neuroscience. He wrote the book Hardwiring Happiness that my business partner, who's a medical doctor, said I have to read. So I went to buy the book and I saw he had a new book, Resilient, How to Grow an Unshakable Core of Calm, Strength, and happiness. So I actually contacted Rick, his organization, and said, man, I'm really interested in this. I'd love to get the book, review it, and look at doing an interview. I got the book and immediately scheduled the interview. It's really, really foundational stuff, folks. This is not merely feeling good. You can get a temporary feel good from a lot of things. We're talking, again, the foundation of your being calm in any situation, being strong overall, having true happiness. I mean, those are not easy things to attain and few truly have all of you strive for uh, every day all of us for an ultimate goal what is it is it to be miserable or happy and joyful is it to be stressed out or and worried or at peace you get the idea this is this is not theory it comes from rick's research it's an eye-opening profound conversation till then thank you folks as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together